the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. I want to take a quick moment in case you don't get a chance to hear this or you take out of town or what have you. And say, you know, as you celebrate the holidays and reflect on the recent year, I hope you look back at 2015 and saw something that accomplished in your portfolio, something meaningful. I take a lot of pride in trying to get you great information. It doesn't always work, but I take a lot of pride in trying. And I think it works more often than not. Um, I do a little radio. I do a little television. Um, I work with New Focus. I help them. You know, with their, their bigger picture, so to speak. Um, CFP Chad Burton does a wonderful job of putting together a financial planning firm and running it. Um, you know, whether you're looking to, to be more efficient in your portfolio, whether you're looking to develop a, uh, a retirement plan, I, I think these are things that you should be thinking about. I am your dedicated advocate. I will stay on top of trends and address issues that impact your investing and your retirement. I'm committed to that. Um, I'm committed towards the idea of growing every one of us, our financial plans. You have one, whether you know it or not. Um, You have a will, whether you know it or not. What's going to happen to you when you die? Um, I want to hit some of the tough topics, like getting remarried when you have kids. Um... Not only do I want to hit the financial side of it, but I want to hit the personal side of it because that's a good story. Um, I try to turn everything I can into a good story. Um, You know, when you're married and you have kids and then you get divorced, uh, let's say you did well. You know, you say you're worth half a million dollars or a quarter of a million dollars. You know, she takes her half, you take your half. Um, It suddenly isn't as much money as it looks like, right? So when you're dividing it, uh, but then she gets remarried, he gets remarried. Uh, But they're still kids, right? Uh, Does that new wife deserve half of the half, thus a quarter? Or does that quarter 
or does that have to go to the children? Uh, and I'll say things like, you know, you once loved each other. I think the idea of a divorce attorney in the state of California is a joke. And again, I just pissed off some divorce attorneys. Um, I would much rather you go the way of mediation. And I'd rather divorce attorneys get into the maybe patent attorneys and make more money. Um, mediation's a lot cheaper. And in California, it's, a, it's you know, you, you can't win. You don't get, like, a, a prize if suddenly you've, you know, stuck it to your ex-spouse more so than she stuck it to you. Um, so it's, it doesn't make sense. I did a, a mediation. I was married for less than a year. It's one of the most embarrassing things in my life. Fortunately, there was no kids. Um, I just married a high-maintenance woman, and I'm not a high-maintenance kind of guy. And uh, she was beautiful, and she, you know, put on a lovely face, but... She was a little chaotic, and she caused a little bit too much chaos and damage. So I'm going to do my best to advocate for you and to help you with a retirement plan and to help you, you know, make better decisions. I don't like annuities. Annuities are, tend to be sold not by financial planners. I like the certified financial planning designation so much that basically I, I, I merged my firm into Chad's 20 years ago. Now it's 16 years ago, but you get the idea. Um, I like the idea of a fiduciary standard where you have to put the client's best interest in mind. Um, I will quit the industry when I'm told that I have to promote gold. I'll talk to a gold analyst, and I'll say, that's not my opinion, uh, but I'll quit when I can't serve you. I'll quit when I can't help you. Um, I've got prosperity, and I've got happiness, and I hope you do too, and I hope to get you there. And you can't ignore money. You can't ignore saving. And if you have a problem, you need to address it because you're only going to work from age 20 to 60. And, you know, you throw in some kids in there and things get real expensive real fast. And you aren't able to just take care of yourself. That's fine if you can't take care of yourself. But when you have children and can't take care of them, that becomes a problem in my opinion. And I think as a society, we should want our kids to go to college, uh, even though college may not be the right, you know, track down the road. It's getting so expensive and the returns on investment aren't great. You know, if I were told, you know, $200,000 versus my degree, in hindsight, I probably would have gone with the $200,000 and self-taught myself what I needed to do. I have a degree. Can't take it away from me. But uh, <clears throat> there will come a mathematical tipping point where degrees aren't, you know, proper. And I think you're going to see some companies like Facebook and Google start hiring people um, and educating them themselves. Because you don't need to know about, you know, uh, Western religions uh, to, say, be a good coder. It helps you be a more rounded of person, but you don't necessarily need to have it. Existing home sales, and let's just get back into this. And again, have a good 2016, and you know I'll do my best for you. You listen, I'll do my best to be your advocate. Existing home sales were down 10.5% in November. Home resales posted their sharpest drop in five years. That's a potential warning sign that the health of the U.S. economy isn't great. But there's also just some new mortgage rules called TRID that are a pain in the butt. Um, there's also not a lot of inventory. So in the home, prices have been trending higher. Economic growth in the third quarter was revised slightly down from 2.1% to 2%. That's not good. You don't want to get into the ones. That's when your economy starts hitting stalling speed. Um, <clears throat> but the economy did grow, ultimately at a healthy clip. 2% is healthy, but it's really close to unhealthy. Uh, business spending offset efforts by businesses to reduce an inventory glut. Uh, underscoring its reliance and resilience despite a raft of headwinds out there and higher interest rates now. Again, the higher interest rates aren't high. If you call quarter of a percent to half a percent 
high versus the zero to a quarter of a percent, you are smoking crack cocaine or something's wrong with you because that's not a big move. Um, the CDC is investigating a different E. coli strain at Chipotle. That's not good. Uh, but again, it could create a heck of a buying opportunity if you think the company puts in new standards to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's the trick. You know, the old adage of uh, fool me once, shame on, on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, Google's partnering with Ford to build self-driving cars. Love this story. I just love anything that could potentially, you know, save a precious life. Um, I don't know how well it's going to work. I don't know how comfortable I'm going to be with it. Today I was driving in kind of a torrential downfall, and I hate that. Uh, would I rather have a computer do that for me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I hate the idea of someone in a car losing control and taking my life. Um, so the more technology out there, I think the better uh, as far as cars go. So Disney's got a big problem that they're going to have to keep addressing again and again and again, and that's cord cutting. Uh, I think we all are, you know, I'm not going to say tired because that's the wrong word. Um, I think we're all kind of fried a little bit, by the way. Cable companies have, you know, snuck into our house. I remember when my cable bill was 40 bucks a year. Now it's 160 bucks. Now I get HBO and I get blah, 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 and I get blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't feel like a deal. Apple iPhone faces some rough times up ahead. That's a big story that we're going to be talking about more and more. Apple has a chance to broaden the iPhone's reach in emerging markets and improve the device's functionality, but the company's best-selling product faces some near-term headwinds. Uh, Google search uh, traffic for the iPhone is declining in the United States, and growth in searches has fallen sharply in China. So there's some tough comparisons with the iPhone 6, and again, some people are starting to catch on and, and say, you know, I'm going to wait two years and get a, a different model instead of an improved model. Um, and that seems to be what Apple's biz model is. Uh, the 6, and then the 6S, the 7, and then the 7S. And the numbers make the big change every other year. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Holiday traditions. Fun to think about Carly Fiorina watching It's a Wonderful Life and rooting for Mr. Potter. Um, I'm enjoying this political season. It's to me, it gets more humorous as I get older. Maybe that shows you that my sarcasm, or maybe that that's sad. To be quite honest with you, Jeffries is big analyst franchise. Uh, in research. 
they have a high buy conviction stock list, and they do it every year. Um, I like these kind of lists. Um, They don't change everything every year. Most of them they keep pretty static. Uh, So they'll only add maybe five names and take off five names per year. Uh, Last year they added Alphabet or Google. It's outperformed the S&P 500 41% since its addition to the list. They got Activision on the list. Big video game maker. AbbVie, which is a healthcare biotech stock. AbbVie is um, top global pick, uh, according to Jeffrey's analyst, and believes the market overestimates the risk around potential Himaira biosimilars. Um, they like the revenue growth. It's outpaced the industry average. They like the income growth. Significantly exceeded the S&P 500. Um, I like a lot of what they say in that. Now, I'm not going to go over the whole list with you. Um, I like They like Activision Blizzard. Um, it's one of the most you know, uh, interesting stocks out there. If you take a look at the games that people are playing, there's a website called Twitch, and they've got five of the top 15 games on Twitch, so it's an easy metric to see that they're doing well with gamers. The revenue is outgrowing the industry. Great earnings uh, outpacing the industry and the market. And they seem to have a nice set of franchises that are working well. So when you see a shopping list like this, or when you see a buying list like this, make it a shopping list. Um, on their list is Ally Financial. That's been spun off from GE. Ally received approval from the Federal Reserve to redeem the remaining 1.3 million shares of its preferred shares. Um, the company, on the basis of change in net income in the quarter, has underperformed compared to the SP 500. The debt to equity ratio is very high. Current return on equity is low. And they think all these metrics can be turned around. So they're seeing some value in it. ATT is on the list. Um, I own some ATT for the dividend myself. Uh, for nothing else other than the dividend, but the growth in the stock has been so meager that it becomes very interesting when it's had a couple sideways years. So not a lot of stock price change, although its weak earnings growth may have played a role in that. I like AT&T for the dividend, and I like Verizon for the growth. Different types, types of companies. Boeing's got orders for the next 15 years. They're on the list, and you almost have to say, you know, you know, a lot of notable strengths so are far greater than any weaknesses that they have. So you've got improved earnings per share by over 32%. On the list, and here's one that I'll not disagree with, but one that I'll go, eh, eh, Coach. Um, coach has got great earnings potential, but things are changing in the world and the way we spend money. Uh, people are not shopping and going out to shop. They're staying in to shop. I got myself a courier bag from Net Porter, or Mr. Porte, um, and I didn't have to leave the home. So um, Google's on their list, and I've got friends who work at Google, and you know it's an easy company to understand. So you don't want to chase performance. So it's a stock that if you know we get a bad week, a bad month, a correction. I think it's something that you can take a look at. 
So there's other names on the list, but again, I'm not going to make it all about, you know, here's the list, go buy it. Uh, there's an oil company, which is interesting to note, and some industrial companies. Oil and industrials have been way out of favor. The oil company on the list is Gulfport Energy. It's an oil and gas and exploration production company. Um, again, I like lists like this because it helps you start thinking, why are they thinking this? What's their, what's their rationale? And if you can figure out the rationale, uh, it helps you become a better investor. And again, you don't want just companies that are positive. You want companies that can say negative things as well. Uh, that'll help you as an investor. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Howard Stern. Um, he's someone you either love or hate. He signed a five-year deal that looks like uh, about $90 million per year. That's up from the $80 million he earned in the previous contract. How would he rate if he were a CEO of a company? Pretty high. Uh, there's only two CEOs who make more per se. Now, again, this doesn't include some stock incentives. Um, but David Zaslav from Discovery Communication pays himself $156 million. Michael Fries from Liberty Global, $112 million. Stern comes in at 90. Uh, Satya Nadelli from Microsoft, $84 million. Nicholas Woodman from GoPro, $77 million. Can you imagine earning $77 million a year? What that paycheck must look like. <laughs> Not bad, right? Although the, the, the withholdings on that probably has to just kill you. It's killing me to take a look at my tax withholdings. Oh, Les Moonves from CBS pulls in $54 million. Uh, it's good money if you can get it, right? Now, Howard Stern's boss at SiriusXM, a guy named James Mayer, he, pay, he gets paid about $8 million a year. Now, again, I'll take that paycheck as well, right? Uh, anyway. One of the things you have to try to do as an investor is stay ahead of the trends and or, or grasp the trends. You don't want to say, oh, I like you know Viacom because they're this great CBS-owned property at one point in time that was spun off. Or I like CBS because they got that CSI show. Um, or they got the, the, the nerd show. Uh, long story short... They, more eyeballs are going to Facebook. More eyeballs are going to Instagram. More eyeballs are going online to YouTube. Um, when I eat lunch by myself, I, I watch YouTube videos. I watch like the best of Jimmy Fallon kind of stuff. Um, and I snicker. You know, my eyeballs are going elsewhere. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com, Chief Market Analyst for Briefing. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing well. Um, the holidays. Now, obviously, they're probably treating you well and me well, but how are the holidays treating Wall Street? Um, not so great. Uh, actually, not seeing okay. the same uh, seasonal cheer that uh, you uh, have been accustomed to seeing in years past. And I think that's got uh, some market participants, uh, you know, on edge here that uh, you're not seeing any of those, uh, not seeing the seasonality trade pan out uh, like a lot of people thought it would. I'm seeing a lot of analyst coverage from financial media predicting a, a tough 2016. Um, is it more than usual or is it just me maybe seeing it a little bit more than usual? Um you know, I, it, it's probably you could say that it's more than usual, only because uh, the punditry has been primarily bullish for many years now, and of course, just given the time of year, this is when all of the, you know, the market outlooks are are published, and so there's probably, you know, sinking into your uh, uh, your level of awareness that, that there's more negative views here than you might have been hearing in years past. Um, I recently published uh, our market view uh, for 2016 uh, last Friday, uh, and you can count me in that camp. That's really not expecting uh, uh, anything too terrific for 2016, um, you know, based on some deteriorating fundamental factors uh, uh, that are probably going to make for a, you know, a, a tough investing environment next year. What's the big risk out there? What's what's causing concern in your head? Uh, well, the big risk, you know, that I see uh, relates to, you know, the Fed's monetary policy approach, uh, right? So the Fed has trying to thread this needle uh, by moving, you know, off the zero bound at a time when um, broader economic conditions, in our opinion, are not as uh, strong or as, or as encouraging looking as the Fed wants us all to believe they are. And I think the risk here uh, is is on either side here, right? If you get subsequent data that comes in uh, weaker than expected on the growth or the inflation fronts, uh, then the Fed will be accused of moving too soon and choking off the you know the nascent recovery. Uh, on the flip side, if you get data that shows a stronger than expected or faster than expected acceleration in either growth or inflation, then the Fed gets accused of being behind the curve in fighting inflation, and then the market's going to have to account for the possibility that it sees more uh, rate hikes from the Fed in 2016 than the market currently expects. And the market's not braced for that latter reality in particular, and that's probably the biggest risk I see here in 2016 uh, would be if the market has to uh, readjust to the idea of the Fed raising rates faster than it has expected to this point. I'm looking at your The Big Picture article at briefing.com right now about 2016, and I'm looking at some of the sectors that you've got the growth estimates for. Would you tend to say maybe these are the ones that the growthier sectors like financials and healthcare and materials uh, would be where you want to put your mon new money to work, or is that chasing higher valuations, or am I extrapolating too much from a very simple chart? Right. Well, you know, these are these are the current uh, consensus estimates as uh, as uh, gathered by S&P Capital IQ. Um, and the thing about those growth estimates is that they've all, you know, come in since the end of the third quarter reporting period and certainly since the start of 2015. Um, 
You know, my uh, general takeaway, though, from uh, looking at the year ahead and then the earnings growth outlook is that earnings growth estimates are still too high. Uh, they're likely to be subject to downward revision. And again, that falls back to that point I made earlier that we're just not simply as optimistic about the outlook as the Federal Reserve would, would you know, like us and everyone else to be. Uh, we think that the dollar is not going to roll over um, like everyone thinks or a lot of people think it will, and that's going to create some continued headwinds for multinationals' earnings prospects. Um, you know, we're not thinking that, you know, oil prices are going to come, you know, barreling back to any great degree. Um, and we still think that just aggregate demand globally is is weak and so you're not going to see that revenue growth that helps translate to uh to stronger bottom line growth and so those are some issues there so um so we're not placing a lot of confidence or faith in the consensus growth estimates that we're seeing right now and i think in general though uh when you look at the investment landscape in 2016 it, it will be more of that stock pickers uh, market that a lot of people are, are talking about right now. I just really think that just given that the broader market valuation is stretched and I think within any sector where you're going to be working, you simply need to orient your, your mindset to those companies that have the strongest balance sheets because it could be um, some tough sledding in 2016. With that said, how bad can the sledding be? If you were to guesstimate a 10% correction, a 20% correction, are we looking at uh, you know worse than that, or you don't want to put a number on it? Well, you know, I don't think it, 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 we really would want to put a number on it. Uh, the marketplace is dynamic; the, the outlook will change. And what I tend to stick to primarily is, you know, from a fundamental analyst standpoint, is is you know what's going on with earnings growth estimates, right? Um, you know, right now that consensus growth estimate calls for about 8% growth in 2016. So one might say, well, you should have an optimistic viewpoint about the market then. Well, I don't only because I don't have faith in those estimates. And I would point out that the growth estimate for 2015 at the end of 2014 was for 8.8% growth. And here we are, we're probably going to see negative uh, 0.6 or so uh, uh, growth in terms of um, operating earnings on the S&P 500. So you can see how things can change as the year unfolds. Um, so I think that we'll be lucky to have a you know a flat year, um, and I think that uh, there's a reasonable probability that you do see somewhat of a, a of a correction period here of a greater than 10% pullback. Uh, and, you know, and then we'll just reassess as we go along here in terms of what's going on in that uh, the macro landscape and, and how the outlook might change or potentially deteriorate from there. Who should I vote for, in your opinion, if I want the stock market to be strong? Now, again, I'm not talking politics and personal <laughs> issues. I'm talking about if I want to be greedy and go for a strong stock market. Yeah, you know, Rob. I mean, I really don't have a strong opinion here. Okay. I think that there's the, the the general view of things that it seems to be that if you want a a you know higher market, you should you know vote for a Republican only because Republicans seem to be oriented around the idea that you cut taxes and you know. Uh, uh, reduce spending and things of that nature. However, you know, anyone on the Democratic side could come back right at you and say, well, you know, there's a Democratic president right now and the stock market's had a, has had a phenomenal run, uh, you know, during President Obama's uh, uh, 
time in office. And so, you know, I just don't, uh, I think you kind of have to remove yourself from, you know, uh, from that political divide and really just look at the fundamental factors, you know, what's going on with interest rates, what's going on with inflation, what's going on with earnings, you know, that's what you need to, you know, orient your mindset around uh, and not so much, I think, uh, who's sitting in the Oval Office. Anything else that you're working on right now that can get us prepped a little bit for next year? Um, well, you know, as I look, uh, you know, in the coming week here, um, you know, my focus will probably be more on a year in review type of, of piece. There's certainly there's a lot to get your mind around as it related to 2015. But, um, you know, 2016, again, I'm, I'm going to be focused squarely on um, – you know what we're hearing from these companies out of the first quarter reporting period or the fourth quarter reporting period and their guidance for 2016 and, and the first quarter that's going to help sort of set the bar for me in terms of uh, how I start to consider my market view and, and any changes to it as uh, the year begins to unfold. I tend to personally like to go f- try to find some value out there and the thing that I'm seeing a lot of value in potentially potentially is oil but I, I couch it by saying you have to have a time horizon of at least five years um, and that kind of gives me enough space to wiggle out of it in case I'm wrong in the next 12 months mm-hmm. uh, am I thinking the right way I think you absolutely are you know I think you know what I said in our market view update was essentially if your time horizon doesn't stretch past 2016 you have to have a more conservative mindset when it comes to investing in the stock market uh, in the coming year. Uh, if you have a longer-term orientation, then you have that implicit benefit of additional time on your side, and so you can start to dip your toes in the water, if you will, in something like oil, which is down, what, 70% from its uh, high in July of 2014. Uh, and you can start looking at you know, building some long-term positions and beating down areas, not just in energy, but potentially in the materials, uh, some of those retail names, uh, some of the transportation companies, right? Uh, but it's not an environment where you go all in right now on those types of names because the sledding could still be rough over the near term. But look for those companies and those sectors that have the best balance sheets, and that's probably a good place to start building some of those longer-term positions. Thank you very much, Mr. O'Hare. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. He's given us a great year of insights and uh, looks into the market from his strategic point at briefing.com briefing is a great website solid information both domestic and international Uh, it's got a ton of information calendars on earnings uh, portfolios where you can track your own portfolio and see the news tied towards coming in Uh, a lot of um, insightful articles like ahead of the curve and the big picture he starts me off every day with page one Uh, there's special reports there's emerging growth stocks there's momentum scans um, there's industry insights on uh, ETFs, tons of good information. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find more information about briefing at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Rob Black talking. Excuse me. Let's try to use my big boy voice. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, Don't be shy. Send me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. I don't give a lot of market numbers. In large part, I don't think you need a lot of market numbers. Um, I look at my portfolios on a regular basis, individual stocks on an hourly basis, mutual funds on a, you know, ETFs on a, you know, probably a month, quarterly basis. I'm not babysitting them uh, aggressively uh, because they're diversified. Stocks aren't diversified. You have to babysit them aggressively. So the Dow is struggling for gains, um, and I think we're looking at numbers. It's going to be an interesting 2016, if nothing else, for the political year. And uh, what promises are made? I saw Hillary Clinton say something like she wants to get find a cure for Alzheimer's. And I'm like, okay, well, me too. I'm surprised, like, uh, Trump hasn't said he wants to go find the Nazi gold train and uh, bring it to America. Like, people will say anything. And is that going after baby boomers? Is that, yeah, when you're saying that you want to find a cure for Alzheimer's. Runs in my family. Uh, that's not good. My mom has it. My Her mom had it. If I live long enough, I'm assuming I'm going to have it. And that's why I need long-term care. Um, so... Thoughts like that are sobering, but I think they're very helpful. Today we're seeing strength. Uh, we're not seeing strength. We're seeing volatility is the right way of saying that in the oil market. Third quarter GDP was revised down from 2.1% down to 2%. Apple is heavily weighted, and it's weighing down on the tech sector, and it's weighing down on the NASDAQ. The company received a downgrade today from Cowan. Uh, they lowered the tar- price target from 135 down to 130. So it's currently at 106. There's some upside on a downgrade. It's always interesting to note. Um, keeping an eye on oil. When you see oil rise, you're seeing companies like Anadarko Petroleum, Chevron, ExxonMobil up. Uh, in the financial sector, PNC, JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup continue to see heavier downward pressure under the wider sector with respective losses. So 2016, I think uh, it doesn't look like there's anything that says explosive here, up or down. And that's interesting to note. Hopefully you grasp that. Uh, You don't get too caught up in uh, trying to hit a home run. Valuations are stretched at 16.5 times forward earnings. Uh, They can go higher for sure. But they would need like a revenue case to go higher and or um, an earnings growth spurt. And it's just not there. So Robert Schiller sickly adjusted price to earnings ratio or CAPE ratio. It's still trading at a premium to the long-term mean. Now, again, doesn't mean we can't go higher. But in likelihood, if you revert back to the mean, you would see that we go down. The big risk is going to be economic growth in 2016. Uh, Then we're also going to add on a little bit of managing monetary policy. 
The Federal Reserve is the world's most influential central bank. The U.S. outlook is looking better, so much so that the Fed moved the target range for the Fed fund rates off the zero bound for the first time in exactly seven years to the month. So the Fed's going to be paying attention to economic data. They don't want to get behind the curve. Uh, so if they do start seeing some inflation or a quicker pace, you may see them raise rates a little quicker. Right now, I think it's expected every three months, every two to three months, they'll raise rates. They'll raise rates if things continue to come out as positive. The sectors that have the best uh, earnings estimates include, and the best would be anything over 8%, information technology, materials, financials, healthcare, consumer discretionary. Uh, the weakest would be telecom. Uh, we do seem to be getting more with for less. So I called Verizon the other day and said, hey, you know, I, I want to talk about my bill. And they're like, what can we give you to keep you happy? And that's great. So uh, more for less, right? But ultimately, that's not the best thing in the world. 800-516-1220, because that would be considered uh, deflation. And we don't really want that. You don't want inflation heavy. You don't want deflation heavy. It's a goofy thing. Miss Universe, when she wins, she gets a luxury apartment, she gets free clothes, and much, much more. Does that now make you want to become Miss Universe? Do you feel bad for Miss Columbia? I don't, because more people are going to want to talk to her, and she'll have more of a speaking engagement world long after people have long forgotten Miss Philippines. Uh, the winner who or the loser who won for just a few minutes. Uh, people are going to be pursuing Miss Columbia for quite a while. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, thanks for listening to the show. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. If you are heading out for the holidays, be safe. Um, I want to get too caught up in the stock market um, as far as bullishness or bearishness so maybe a good christmas gift this year would be a, a subscription to barons b-a-r-r-o-n-s uh, i like the paper edition it's a weekend magazine and uh some of the it's not the friendliest economic piece of, of financial paper media but i like that i like having a questioning and attitude when it comes to my money I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.